podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Making the comparison between uh, a family road trip and that of leading a family. I want to be very clear that I'm in no way saying that in order for you to be a blessed family, a father and or a mother present are necessary to be fulfilled and purposeful. That's not the case. We know that there are many families that have a dad or a mom that are absent, absent, but because God is present, there isn't a detrimental uh, void in that family. So whatever your family looks like, the presence of God is what gives the family its wholeness, its completion and purpose, its fulfillment. So there are many families with both a dad and a mom that are present and still there is nothing but utter chaos in their family. Why? Because God is absent. So just because there's a mom and a dad, it doesn't mean that you're going to have order, that you're going to have structure, that you're going to be, that doesn't mean that. So you can be a single mom or a single dad and God's presence in your home is what brings fulfillment, completion, and purpose. So all month we're talking about family. You may not even have children or you may not even want children. There are some people that go, you know what? I'm fine. I have a cat. I have a dog. I have some fish in my bowl. I don't want kids. And that's, that's fine. As long as God's presence is in your life, then your family... All right, the construct of your family is complete. It has purpose. Regardless of what your family looks like, I shared last week that the original assignment for every family, somebody say every family, on earth was to be fruitful and multiply. Say fruitful and then say multiply. We're going to read out of Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. I want you to follow with me. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, God blessed them. Somebody say them. God blessed. God blessed. God blessed. And then God said to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on earth. Leave that verse up. Leave that verse up. Rule. Listen, rule. Say over. Over. All right, over. Come on, nice and loud. Over. The fish of the sea and over. The birds of the sky and over. Every living thing that moves on the earth. Now let me make this clear. That verse doesn't say that we rule over each other. As God is speaking to both man and woman, he gave them an assignment to rule over everything that moves on earth. But he didn't tell them to rule over each other. If God wanted in its origin for a man to rule over woman, for a woman to rule over man, that would have been the perfect place in the beginning of the scriptures for him to add that in there. It's not in there. Want us to be very careful as there can be at times many misinterpretations with other scriptures that will supplant a woman putting the woman under and the man over. Okay, that was quiet. Okay, I got it. George, I didn't hear you. That was good. Thank you, George. Okay, that was good. Thank you. So fruitful means this, that there's a constant change, a change in our lives. There are seasons of changes where you're going to be a seed. There are seasons in your life where you're just going to be a blade, a budding blade. And then there are other seasons in life where you will be bearing fruit. And then when you think you're all done, guess what? Somebody say what? What? You get to do it all over again. 
Just because you mastered an area, it doesn't mean you are a master of all. We are always growing on going till the day we part from this world. Always growing. Now, God's desire is that man on earth and woman on earth are changed to what God can do with man and woman as they are together and change them from what they are doing absent of God in their life. That is God's desire. Now, multiplication, say multiplication. Multiplying means it's not just a procreation, but multiplying also means and it adds that God wants to multiply the fruitful man and the fruitful women. He wants to multiply those people. Now, who is God speaking to in this verse? Who are the them? Who are the them? Go with me to chapter 1, verse 27. So God created, God created, God created in his own image. In whose image? His own image. In the image of God, he created, who did he create? Them, male and female, he created them. Now, I want you to listen carefully with me. I want you to pay attention. Right? I want you, this is a this is doctrinal what I'm about to share with you all. Doctrinal, which means it is the church's teaching based on what we read in scripture. A man is the image of God. Scripture tells us that a woman is the image of God. God doesn't have human likeness. God doesn't have human likeness. Humans have godly likeness. Are you getting the difference? God doesn't have human likeness. That's called anthropomorphosis. Now that word anthropomorphosis, try to say that six times. I dare you. If you see uh, SpongeBob, anybody know SpongeBob SquarePants? Yogi Bear, Mickey Mouse, that's anthropomorphosis. That means giving an object a human likeness. We all know that a, a mouse can't speak and walk upright. We know that Yogi Bear, uh, they don't speak. We know that. So anthropomorphosis uh, is, is when you attribute human likeness, human likeness to an object. And we, on earth, we tend to do that with everything. Except we cannot do that with God. We can't give God human attribute. God is given us. God has given us his likeness. And that's very important that you understand that. Both male and female, are they both have properties of God's complete image. Oneness, say oneness. Come on, say it a little louder. Oneness. Oneness between a husband and a wife is what God looks like. If you want to know what God looks like, God looks like a husband and a wife in marriage. Are you following? Are you following? Okay, so Paul, stand to your feet. Um, um, Patty, stand to your feet. That's what God looks like in marriage. That's what God looks like. That's oneness. That's what God looks like. Have a seat, guys. Have a seat, guys. Have a seat, guys. The Clark family, can you please stand over here? Uh, uh, Miriam and, and Lonnie, just stand to your feet. If you want to know what God looks like, that's what God looks like. That, that's the likeness of God. Have a seat, guys. Rosita said he'll stand to your feet. If you want to know what God looks like, that's what God looks like. That's, the li- that's, that's what God looks like. Have a seat. Gracias. Now, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Let's go with me quick. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his to his, and two are united into, into what? Into what? Now, what I like is that other versions of the Bible, this is out of the New Living Translation, but if you read New King James, uh, the New International Version, the New American Standard Bible, and on and on, some of them will add 
um, and, and they become one, become one. Doesn't mean that you get married and instantly you're one. No, it's a, it's a process. You're becoming one. But biblical sexuality is the authoritative, the authoritative union that binds a male with a female to produce biblical oneness. Somebody say biblical oneness. What I'm talking to here is doctrinal. This is for the church. This is not for the world. This is for the church. It's doctrinal. So say biblical oneness. So biblical oneness is the union between a male and a female under the covenant of marriage. Now, two males nor two females cannot produce biblical oneness. Regardless of how much love there is between two males and regardless of how much there is between two females. Biblical oneness. Biblical oneness. So just like a male and a female living together that avoid the covenant of marriage also cannot produce biblical oneness. Did you get that? So regardless of the law of the land, biblical oneness, say biblical oneness, can only be achieved by the coming together of the two parts of God's full image under the covenant of marriage. So you may say, hey, I don't need a certificate by man to certify me and make me married. We don't need the church to make us married. And we don't need a pastor, a minister to make us married. You're right. You're absolutely right. Neither of those things make you married. But the covenant under God makes you married. The covenant under God makes you married. Well, pastor, what does all of this have to do with the road trip? Here we go. If your destination for you and your family will all, listen, if your destination is God's will, then no man on earth can alter the direction of God's map. His recipe for oneness cannot be altered. Two males will always be an incomplete image of God's oneness. Two males in marriage will always be an incomplete image of God's oneness. Two females in marriage, as wonderful as it may be for them, and as wonderful or as right as it may feel for them, and, and as perfect as they may feel for each other, they will always be an incomplete image of God's oneness. Now, this isn't hate speech. This isn't hate speech. It isn't a homophobic rhetoric. I want us to be clear with that. Biblical oneness is God's standard according to his word. One man, one woman in marriage are the ingredients that make biblical or godly oneness. Are you all following, following me? So even if you have a male and a female just living together under the house, absent of the covenant, that too isn't biblical oneness. Are you getting it? All right. So if, I'm going to give you this in lamest terms. If you want to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Sensei, I know you're hungry. I know your stomach is growling. I heard it over here. Since his, since his uh, stomach was ground, it sounded like congas playing. <laughs> they were playing salsa. But if you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it requires what? A slice of bread with peanut butter on one side, a slice of bread with jelly on the other side, and then together it becomes the oneness that we have all learned to call a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Peanut butter, the jelly... And the bread are the ingredients. Say the ingredients. They are the recipe. They are the process to get to what we call the oneness of the sandwich. You cannot call two slices of bread that have uh, peanut butter on both sides absent of jelly. You cannot call it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You just can't. Just like you can't call two slices of bread that have jelly on both sides 
absent of the peanut butter, you can't call it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Are you getting me? I'm hungry now. Just because the law of the land says that something is legal or that something is right, it doesn't mean that we get to rewrite God's map for his will. Psalm 78, 3, 7. I want you to take these scriptures, go home, read. Stories we heard from our fathers. Who did we hear the stories from? Who did we hear those stories from? Hector, wake up. Hector, wake, Hector, wake up. Hector, you haven't been in church in seven months. And he's asleep in church. Liz, Liz will you tell him something? Hector, I'm just joking with you. I can't even see. I was just messing with you. But stories we heard from our father's counsel, we learn at our, mo- our mother's knee. So let me tell you something. If there's a dad and there's a mom in the house, you both have an active role in the growth and the development of your children. This is not a a mom job. This is not a dad job. You're both actively involved in the process. You hear me? All right. We're not keeping this to ourselves. We're passing it along to what? The next generation. Somebody say the next generation. generation. We're talking about God's fame and his fortune, the marvelous things that he has done. Next. He planted a witness in Jacob. He said his word firmly in Israel. Then he commanded Somebody say commanded. He commanded our parents to teach it to their children so that the next generation would know and all the generations to come. Know the truth. The what? Know the what? The truth. And tell the stories to their children. Can trust. I'm sorry. So Know the truth and tell the stories so their children can trust in God. Never forget the words of God, but keep his commands to the what? To the letter. God's truth isn't political. God's truth isn't political. Therefore, God's truth won't always be politically correct. God's truth isn't this world's truth. Are you following me? This is why you need to understand the kingdom of heaven. Jesus taught the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? It is an order, it is a governing order from another place in another land. God's truth isn't political. We finish reading that the stories of God's fame and fortune are passed down from fathers and mothers to the next generation. It commands us to teach the next generations all things concerning God's fame and fortune. But it says by us, and by us I mean fathers, mothers, grandparents, uncles, aunties, not the pastor, not the church. It doesn't say that there. It says that the responsibility and the obligation of what we're teaching the next generation is is on the parents' Parents lap on the parents' knee, not the pastor. Bible, I'm sorry. Not the pastor, not the church, not the prophet or the evangelist. Uh, evangelist, but most, mostly, what we see is that more and more we bring our children to church, expecting the pastor, expecting the church, and the lay people to do what we ought to be doing in the home. The way a child comes to trust in God starts with what the child has observed, what the child has heard, and what the child has learned of how dad and mom trusts God. If mom and dad don't trust God, don't think that the children are going to grow up trusting God. They need to observe it in mom. They need to observe it in dad. These verses aren't suggestions. They are commands. They commanded to speak about God's commands for us. When and where? When and where? Number one, the where is at home. It doesn't say at church. It says at home. Somebody say at home. Come on, a little louder. At home. That's where we do it. At home. 
when you come here, we worship together, we pray together, we give together, we, 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 we pray for healing together, restoration, we do all of those things. But the, the walk, the convictions of the heart, these are areas that happen at home. It happens with dad and it happens with mom, not the pastor. I cannot be the conviction for your family and for your children. I have, I have my own knuckleheads to deal with. Number two, when, when, I want to read this scripture with you. Deuteronomy, chapter six, verses four through seven. Are you ready? Listen, O Israel, the Lord is, the Lord is, the Lord is, the Lord is. Remember, this world has plenty of gods, many, 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 many gods, all false gods. Israel stands alone. God's people, they stand alone. He says, our God, the Lord alone. And you must, you must love the Lord your God with some of your heart. Huh? With all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly. Did you get that? Commit yourself what? Some people are not committed wholeheartedly, half-heartedly. It's wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Next, quick. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Where are we to have these conversations? Where? Home. At home. And then the question is, when are we to have these conversations with our children? When? When? When you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. There's never a time that God's conversations are off the table. There's never a time where God's Conversations are off topic. I'm not talking about being hyper-religious. It's not what I'm talking about. And I'm talking about that every conversation should circle back. Circle back. How does this add value to our walk as Christians? How does this add value to our walk and what we believe in in our faith? Regardless of what your children are being taught in school, they should, they should not form your children's conviction. At home, there's never a time for us not to have godly conversations with our kids. Do we have any uncles here? Uncles? 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 Any uncles? Uncles? Aunts? Aunts? Aunties? Okay. Grandparents? Grandmamas? Great-great-grandmoms? Sissy? Uh, uh, Great-great-grandmoms? <laughs> the point is that just because you may not have a child that is biologically yours if you have close proximity to them this is this is your opportunity you hear me you hear me are there are many there are many uncles that are very corrupt that that instead of adding value to the overall family they rob the family there are like many aunts that are also corrupt, that instead of adding value to the family, they rob. Just like many grandparents have been corrupt and on and on and on. We have to be careful. So this is why I know I have an obligation. Becky and I are empty nesters. We don't have kids in our home anymore. So when my grandkids are around me, I have an obligation I have a responsibility to make sure that our conversations always circle back and, and we're having a God conversation. You hear me? I have, I have nieces and I, I, have, I, I have nephews. And they know BJ the other day was here on Wednesday and I went to 
This is my nephew, guys, my nephew. And when he's not around you guys, I'm allowed to kiss him in the mouth. And he, because I've always kissed him in the mouth. He, that's what he, but when we, when we're in church, he wants to just, he puts out his hand in front of me to just shake his hand. And I'm like, oh, okay, I wink at him. Like, oh, we can't do it here. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. It's all cool. But listen, my nephews and my nieces, my nephews and my nieces, no matter, no matter where they are, what their journey is, whatever their walk is, I still hold them. I hold, I hold them to a high regard, uh, and, and I stand with mom, and, and I stand alongside of her to ensure that when they are in my presence, that I'm adding value to the conversations that mom was having at home. Do you get that? So they're never absent of God conversation. Hopefully this is helping somebody today. Guys, the kissing in the mouth is a joke. I was just, that's, all right. All right. But just like every road trip, just like every road trip requires these four bare essentials, I want to give you these I want to give you three today, and we're going to leave one for next week. But I want to give you three today, and then we're going to wrap up, and we're going to let you go home. Okay? But every road trip, every family road trip, requires four things. Somebody say directions. Somebody say supplies. Uh, Somebody say a destination. And lastly... Somebody say money. That's the one I'm going to leave for next week. Too many families are torn up about money, messed up and jacked up about money, having too much or having too little. We're not having enough. We're going to talk about this next week. But everybody start with the word destination. Come on, destination. Now, I, gave, I, I, get, I used this last week as a prop. These are my personal binoculars. I literally go in my backyard to look at birds. Now, you know you cross over to being a different kind of old when you got binoculars to see uh, birds in the backyard. This is what I do. I, I get weird. I have bird feeders and, and stuff. And, and, and So I look at my, the wrong way. Yeah, okay? Now, listen. But what do you want your family to look like? What do you want your family to look like? What is the aim? What is the target for your family? Where is the destination? Where is the family going on your leave? Looking ahead. Somebody say looking ahead. All right? Looking ahead. Where is my aim? What's the target for my family? Proverbs chapter 28. I'm going to read. Just the first part of verse 19, uh, 18. Where there is no vision, this is out of the Amplified Bible, no redemptive revelation of God. That's what vision is, no redemptive revelation of God. The people, why? Many families perish, why? Because there is no vision. Everybody in the household is just growing up and they're all running with their own version of their interpretation of what the vision is for their life. That was a that was like a quiet. I don't know if I should clap, but I think I will. I don't know if you know. Listen. And the children are growing. We have now parents that are so modern and so politically correct. No, I want my child to pick their direction. Pick their way. I'm going to stand out, and I'm just going to be supportive. I want you to ask God in your prayers. Where's, is Andre here today? Where's Andre? Come here. Andre, come here. Come here, Andre. Come here. Put your mask on, because your pastor got all kind of cooties. But, but, where's mom? Mommy, ven acá. Come here. Be obedient. You can't do this because we live. See? If we weren't live, you would not know what to do. 
But here, go. Put your hand. Put your hand on his head. Put, put, just, just, just pray over your children. And, and as you're praying over your children, ask God, Father, you gave me Andres. You gave me Andres. I, I want to make sure. This is mom. This is kind of like I'm trying to help you with your prayers. Okay. I need vision for my son. Help me guide him according to your will. And, and then pray about your concerns for Andre. Pray, pray about the things that may come against him. Pray against things that may look like a weakness that in the future can be a, a strength. And, and, and pray over Andre. And then, and then use the binoculars of your spiritual vision to speak greatness into what's ahead of him. I don't do what you see now. Understanding that your child is a gift from you. But this child already has his assignment, his destination, and his purpose already came from God. It doesn't come from you. It comes from God. Do you hear me? And so stay right, stay right there. Um, 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 this is the closest to the holiness you're ever going to get. I'm just joking. <laughs> And, and, and see the greatness in the child, in their future, individually from the siblings. They're not all the same. They're not all, they're not all going to do the same thing. But they're going to be great in their own walk. There's a prophet named Samuel. And the Bible speaks about this prophet Samuel. Samuel was the man that God instructed and God spoke to to anoint a specific king, the very first one, and then the second one. It was all under Samuel's guard. Before there was a king of Israel, before the judges or while the judges, there was this man named Samuel, and Samuel was holding down the fort for a whole nation. And it is from the second king, David, that after Samuel uh, prophesied over him or spoke into his future, it is from the lineage of that second king, David, that our Savior, Jesus Christ, is birthed. Now, all of those things, from Jesus to all of you, from Jesus to all of you, to the second king, to the first king, to the, the prophet Samuel, was all birthed in the womb of a woman named Hannah. And this was a woman who asked God for a child. And she couldn't have kids, and she was asking God, I want a child, I want a child. However, she made this deal with God. Give me a child, and I will give him right back to you. And God granted her her prayer and then God turned and then Hannah turns around and she grabs the, she grabs the young prophet and she the young boy and she gives him into the service of the of the of the priest so that he be raised as a godly man go sit down we don't need you anymore and now the priest is poured into this child and had it not been for the willing heart of a woman who said, I'm going to turn my child. Listen, the man was not involved in this story. Yes, he is to a certain life, to a certain point. But it was, the, it was the heart of the woman to say, no, I'm giving this child back to God. Listen to the impact. Speak greatness. Have a seat, Papi. It's here for Andre. Speak big things into your children's future. Listen to me. Speak big things into the future of your children. Speak as God spoke. Why do I have my mask? Speak greatness into your children. You know that when God spoke to Abram, he spoke to Abram as a nation, not as a man. He spoke to Abram and everything he spoke to Abram was about giving him a land. It was about a land, a people, 
You are going to be a, a country. You're going to impact. I mean, it's going to, it's an internal impact that you're going to have, a perpetual one. Well, what do you see, Dad, for your children? What do you see, Mom, for your children? Uncles and aunts and grandparents, what are you seeing for your nephews and nieces and grand? What do you see? What are you speaking? What is the greatness that you're speaking into their future? So tired of listening to parents talk about the black sheep of the house and the, the, the rebel of the house and the, what's the, what's the who? The messy one. That's what they, the messy one. We got the kids going, yeah, there's another one. The messy one in the house. Listen, stop it. Stop it. If your house is in order and God's presence is present, there is no room for rebellious children. No room. There's no space. Are you listening? I had three kids. Of the three kids, they're all different. They all had challenges. They, they all needed different attention. They all needed different discipline. Adrian! No. <laughs> no, you would think it was Adrian. No, it was actually Pablo. I was the tough guy there. Listen, I, with Adrian, I just had to deal with piercings and hair color <laughs> and tattoos. But, but, but Papa was the, 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 the vocal one, the challenging one. So they required different, different parts of me. When my children, I treat them equal. You can't. You can't treat them all equal. There are some kids that need to be rewarded for the good things they do. And there are children that need to be disciplined for the bad things that they have done. And you can't, you can't reward bad things. And you shouldn't reward bad things. And if one child achieves, celebrate him and then teach the other kids to celebrate that one with you. Is this helping somebody? Number two, number two, instructions, instructions, Instru instructions. Becky and I went on a trip to uh, Florida several years ago, and we were going to the beach, and I'm glad she's not here. And we're going to the beach, and we're going to the beach, and Becky is the navigator, and she has the map, and I'm, this is, again, this is pre-GPS. Um, it's a pre-Map uh, Quest, all of that. You guys, some of you guys don't even know what Map Quest is. It's pre-those things. And you had to take a map with you. And, and Becky has the map, and we're going, and we're driving and driving. Two hours into my drive, I'm thinking, man, this is a long trip. And Becky's like, oh, I'm doing everything. I want. And, I'm going, and I stopped the car, and I looked at Becky, and I had to do this. For two hours, we were driving in the wrong direction. Needless to say that, that year for my anniversary, my wife gave me a GPS and it helped save our marriage. But say direction with me. Everything that we need to succeed in life and everything that we need to know about God's will for us and for our family can be found in his word. Go with me to Psalms chapter 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. That's what your word is. Give me the next one. The next verse. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. No, that's wrong. No, you're right. No, you're right. No, you're right. Guys, that was, that was a test. That was a test. I was testing you. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by what? But by what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Where do we find those words? The scriptures. The next one. Give me the next one quickly. Psalm 112, verses 1 to 3. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord, 
and delight in obeying his command, or delight in obey his command. Their children will be. Their children will be. Their children will be. Their children will be. Listen, your children will be. Do you hear me? Your children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. But this is not for everyone. Notice that's not for everyone. It's for godly people. It's for the godly people. How do I become godly? Fear of the Lord. How do I get the fear of the Lord? I need to learn it. Where do I learn it? In the church. From the pastor. It's your responsibility, dad. It's your responsibility, mama. You get me? Do you get me? That was deep. Hooray! Front row. Don't just rely on your pastor to read the word for you. Listen, don't rely on your pastor to be the only source of reading and information for direction for your home. Go home. Read. Read for yourself. I'm giving you these scriptures. Go home and read. Then come back and go, no, pastor, you, that was, that was wrong. And I will go, George, let's get rid of him. No. But don't just take the pastor's word for it. Read for yourself and then reread again and reread and keep reading. But the directions and the instructions for your home, everything that you need is at your fingertips. There's no excuse. No excuse. Lastly, number three. Somebody say supplies. Somebody say supplies. All the stuff for the road trip. We have what? Vision. Thank you. Some people got that one. Good vision. I know I did. These are binoculars. And then we have what? Instruction. And now what we have is what? The supplies. We need supplies. We're going on this trip. I don't know what this trip is going to look like. One thing I do know is that the trip for Jose was not the trip for Adrian. The trip for Alexis was not the trip for Adrian. It was, it was different. When Alexis, the, the, the perfect child of the family, she's the angel. She was, she was the angel. She was the perfect child. Her upbringing was completely different than Jose. Jose had a different dad. I spoke to this church that for the first 12 of Jose's, the first 12 years of Jose's life, they had an immature, unchristian man who, who was absent of God's presence. And that's the father he had for 12 years of his life. Alexis didn't have that. So there were, in the beginning, there were two conflicting directions that I had to take responsibility as the father to rectify those things. I couldn't blame mom. I couldn't blame the church. I couldn't blame the country. I couldn't blame politics. My responsibility as the man, as the father in the home. And I had to change those things, fix those things, learn and grow. Are you following me? Adrian was in between. So he got a little bit of both worlds. Hence, how confused he was. No. Now it's a joke. But listen, supplies are needed on your trip with the family. You need supplies. You need bread. You need sustenance. You need water. Somebody say water. I thank God that Jesus is both the bread of life and he is the living water. Listen, Jesus, somebody say Jesus. John chapter 6. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Can I, can I just stop there? The world has a truth. 
The world has a truth. And then Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Are you listening? There's a difference between the truth of the world and then there's a, there's a difference between the truth of Jesus. As Christians, as believers, we observe the truth of this world, but we are not led by the truth of this world. We have to make sure that the truth of this world is in alignment or know when to say the truth of this world can be a bit toxic and can go against the truth of Jesus. just wanted to give you that real quick. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the what? True bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. What does he give? Next one. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink where the scriptures declare rivers of living waters will flow from his heart. Talking about Jesus. Jesus is all we need. There, there, there are times that I, I speak to parents and, and parents are so conflicted. I don't know what to do. They need a little more Jesus. They need a little more bread. They need a little more sustenance. They need a little more drinking of the living water. And I'm not saying to hold services in your house. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not asking you to, I'm not asking you to become Billy Graham in your kitchen. Not asking you to do those things. It's not what I'm saying. But your children, your conduct, and how you teach your how you conduct yourself is the loudest message you can ever teach your children. How how they see dad treat and mom treat and have a reverence for God's things and all things related to God are, are the things that are helping to shape our children. Are you getting me? And they're, they're going to make some choices. They're going to make some wrong choices at times. But be at peace. Be at peace. You do your job. Step out of the way and let God do his. <laughs> so, I don't know how many here or having hiccups along the way with the family, with the kids. I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to tell you, there is, there is in the arsenal of what God gives us an answer to all of those challenges in your life. It's all there. It, it, it's all there. We have to turn to it. Unfortunately, many of us have made Oprah the truth we listen to. Dr. Phil, the truth we listen to. Other uh, spiritual gurus, you know that we're living in one of the, there is a new um, uh, growth in heightened spirituality that no longer has anything to do with Christianity. Our kids are running around with crystals. Our kids are running around with, 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 um, uh, um, just other beliefs and bringing stuff into our homes. Why? Because we are now, we're connected globally. And so if I can't find spirituality and what my parents do, and a lot of times what our kids are, are you know, they, they want to rebel against some of the stuff that we do. Listen, press in. But, but when you see a foreign, a foreign interpretation of what God ought to be, step in. Have a conversation. Be okay with having hard conversations with your children. Give permission for your children to be objective and, and, and speak and give you their points of view. And hear and have a conversation. Talk. It's okay. That's why we do it on the road. We're talking. We're having God conversations. You know, one of the things that we practiced uh, in our home uh, just to help us was, man, we, we never had a TV in the living room. It was always in the family room, and, and there was a TV close to the dinner table so that we could sit down and have a conversation and just talk. We, we talk. And encourage it. Have conversations. I want you to stand to your feet. And regardless of where your children are, 
And they may have chosen a path that wasn't the path that you brought them on. But trust the seeds in the world and the word that you put in them. And if, if you didn't have the opportunity to do so, mom, or to do so, dad, it's never too late. It's never too late. Let them see that change in you. I like to hear my son talks a lot about the man that I became. Because if anyone can talk about it, it's Jose. Because Jose remembers the man that I was. The way I treated my wife and the way I treated the kids. And, and the man full of outbursts of anger in the home. The man who was violent. The man who was, was abusive at times. That man. Jose remembers that guy. The guy that did not contribute to the household. The, the guy who would come home from work and sit at the dinner table and and I'm the man in the house, and this is the way things are going to be. The sole decision maker, and he remembers that guy, but then he remembers the other guy, the guy that met Jesus, the guy, the guy, that, the guy that was now weeping in the house, praying for his kids, reading God's word, reading over, uh, praying over the children, praying for the wife. So it's never too late. It's just never too late. And my hope is that as we leave here today, as we're wrapping up online, that we can reflect on the journey that we're on. Our children are but a gift. But they don't belong to you. Think about the journey. Think about the destiny. Think, think about that. Think about it. Husbands and wives, sit together with, your, with each other and have conversations of what what should we pray about for our children? What is the greatness that we're going to speak into our kids? I remember my son Adrian. As he was three years old, he'd always pick up scraps of wood, pieces of wood. And, and he'd always be on the family room. And no matter how much chaos there was around, he was building blocks. He was just putting things together. And he was always disconnected from everyone else because he was focused on those things. And my father would say, he's going to be an engineer. That kid's going to be an engineer. And, and I would go, man, I hope so. But then, listen, and I would ask him, so what are you doing? I'm building a birdhouse. A birdhouse. He was always building. He was always producing something from nothing. And here it is, years later, at 30, he builds and he produces music in ways that I can't take. Listen, I can't take credit for it. However, my role in his life was to ensure that I could guide him towards God's truth and make sure that the purpose and the destiny was fulfilled in his life, but that he had the support of God's truth from dad got me thank you again for checking out our podcast if you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing please check us out at www.scarletnote.org see you next time